Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my friends. It's November. It's November. November the 7th, 2021. In the time of transcendental Boblim talk. Yes, it's November the 7th, 2021 here in Utah, right around 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, because here in Utah, we fear the mountains. Here in Utah, we know that there are wolves and bears and coyote and coyote wolves and eagle bears living in the caves not far from where they tested those neutron bombs back in the 70s. Yes, here in Utah, there are creatures that live in the mountains and they stare down with hunger every night. They're looking for protein. They're looking for love. They're looking to connect. Here in Utah, you can get drunk, but it starts a fight between your pancreas and your liver. Here in Utah, you can get wasted, but you might get diabetes, you might get alcoholism, you might get heart disease and a stroke because here in Utah, Everything is better, everything's cleaner and more pure to include human folly. Do you know how many gallons of milk a human being needs a week or a day? Who knows? How many gallons of milk do you need to buy your family in a week? Is it one? Is it two? We ought to ask the question, should humans drink milk when they reach a certain age? Maybe it's bad for you, but no. Let's assume milk is necessary as a good, kind, Soviet-style economist. How many gallons of milk do you need? I mean, to quote Paul Krugman, to quote Paul Krugman, how many people buy 12 gallons in a week? Oh my gosh. And just so you know, that's the passive-aggressive econ economist way. It's, it's in a way a passive-aggressive, a, a, a passive socialist, Keynesian-style Modern monetary theory, there's no limit to how much you can print because the value of the economy is infinite. Douchebag, 
says. That's what he says. He says things like, how many people buy 12 gallons a week? But that's a passive aggressive way of saying, why would anybody need 12 gallons of milk? Why would you need one gallon of milk? Because in some ways, people like Paul Krugman would have you believe that the problem with inflation is you eating. You know, And when I say eating, let's be more specific. Eating healthy food. Because you can say it's cheap, you can say it's expensive. But our system is currently designed around the kind of food that gives you cancer. This topic isn't as simple as a gallon of milk, but a Soviet commie-style economist like Paul Krugman would have you think of it that way. One way of looking at inflation is to say to yourself, how much did a gallon of milk cost yesterday versus today? There are some people who would say that difference, assuming the gallon of milk is the same, assuming no changes in manufacturing, no improvements in quality, that gallon of milk you bought today is the same as the gallon of milk you bought yesterday. And let's say yesterday's gallon cost you two bucks and today's gallon cost you three bucks. People would call that inflation. Now you can get into a debate about what the percentage of inflation is. Is it an annual rate? How do you define it? Blah, blah, blah. But the change in price would be significant enough to say, yeah, that's inflation. Austrians, on the other hand, would say, no, 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 no. The very moment you start printing money, the very moment the number of dollars goes from zero to one, you have inflation. That's unless you can exchange dollars for something that's more stable, like silver or gold. That is a generally held belief that inflation is the expansion of the monetary supply. Now, you could say, well, isn't that really saying the same thing? It is and it isn't. The problem is you live in a crooked neo-Stalinist hellhole where people spend a lot of time and resources simply creating language to confuse you. On top of that, a lot of the products you buy are adulterated in all sorts of legal ways. Ways that the law ratifies, color of law protects. You have all kinds of perfectly acceptable FDA adulteration to food, adulteration to the food supply. So when you talk about things like inflation, purely in terms of how much did that gallon of milk cost, Dr. Krugman, you're being grotesquely simplistic. About a decade ago, Maker's Mark was caught adding too much water to their whiskey. Like I think the bottles they tested that got them in trouble were like 40 or 50% water. And alcoholics, I don't know how to put this, they, they noticed this stuff. They, they figured it out. Yeah, alcoholics figure this shit out. They figure out if you're adding too much water to their whiskey. 
So when you think about the price of a bottle of whiskey, knowing that companies are encouraged to adulterate, they are encouraged to add wood fiber, they are encouraged to do things to their products to make them as low quality as possible while, you know, charging you a lot. Let's talk about running shoes because you need food. You don't need running shoes. I, when I was a kid, I would buy a pair of Nike running shoes and a really good pair might, you know, and this is again, when I was a kid, let's say when I was in my 20s, a good pair of running shoes in my 20s back in the 90s, <laughs> a good pair would cost about 50 or 60 bucks, top end. I went and bought some running shoes, you know, and, and another thing before I continue, that pair of running shoes, when I was running like six miles a day pretty much back then, that pair would last me two or three years. I bought a pair of Nike running shoes in 2018, before the monkey herpes, before the, you know, repo madness, before everything started going sideways, when everything was so fucking great. I bought a pair of these Nike running shoes back in 2018, and almost immediately after a couple of weeks, the, the soles on these things started melting, essentially. I can only describe it as melting, breaking down. These particular shoes are barely a couple years old, and now they stink and smell and are falling apart. And I don't run six miles a day any longer. I'd be surprised if I put two or three miles a day average wearing those shoes on those shoes for the couple of months before they just started melting. Those shoes cost me 100, 120 bucks. So in the space of 20, let's say 25 years, the price doubled, but I gotta tell you the quality went down significantly more. It didn't improve. So when people talk about things like, well, Dan, hamburger, steak, hedonic index, improvements, well, that would be true if you didn't live in a neo-Stalinist hellhole. But you live in a situation where you think, from a Potemkin village perspective, it looks like capitalism, but it's not. It's another reason why these conversations around inflation are kind of absurd. It's not like goods and services flow effectively in our particular society. Another important point to remember, free societies don't have on-off switches. They really don't. If this COVID nonsense taught you anything, you don't live in a free country. Okay, Free countries don't have a button where you push it and everybody stops doing stuff. So no, we don't live in that other world. In that other world, abstract conversations about, you know, optimal pricing and whatnot would make sense. But in a neo-Stalinist, Soviet, commie, kleptocratic, flip your house and fuck your neighbor hellhole, these conversations are fucking absurd. Here's what I do think is true. They will keep the plates spinning and they will convince you there's no inflation until the very last minute. They won't spend any time telling you, talking to you. They will fuck with you. They will say it's a toilet paper shortage. They'll say we don't have enough stevedores to unload the containers. They'll say the unvaccinated is why you can't get your blumpto cubes. 
they'll tell you all sorts of completely ridiculous reasons and analysis. And what's even better than that is most of the motherfuckers in this world right now are prepped and primed and ready to believe all the bullshit they get fed. It is the propaganda equivalent of human centipede, but it is almost like an Ouroboros human centipede where the very last asshole fills the first one. And everyone is eating shit. Everyone else is shit. And you will do this until you die. until you die, man. Yeah, you know, we could talk about theoretical inflation and we could have conversations. Well, Dan, your house is an asset and if it goes up in price, that shouldn't count as inflation. Well, the only problem with that thinking is that you need food, water, shelter, I would argue also freedom. You need those four things to just be a functioning human being. So if you take away any amount of any of those things, you pretty much decided that you don't really want human beings. I don't care what you sell your fucking home for. I don't care if you make a fucking profit. I don't want the government to have anything to do with it. I don't want them taxing you, and I also don't want them giving you free money. I don't want preferential Costco logistics where if you get to go to Costco, you can pay five bucks for that package of bacon. If you go to Walmart, you're paying 20 bucks or it's just not even there. Shut the fuck up about your house flipping like you're Ian fucking Rand. You're not. You're just another Soviet kleptocrat taking advantage of crooked economics. I said this before and I'll say it again. If we created a Fanny and a Freddy for food, you would have warehouses stacked with a century's worth of food and people starving to death in the streets by the millions. That's what I think of your bullshit when you say, well, you can't count housing and inflation. You can't count education. You can't count health care. Soon they're going to tell you you can't count food. After that, they'll say you can't count oxygen. You can't count water. You don't need water. You can like pretend that you don't need water. It's all in your head. Simulation, fuck you. Here's your water loan so you can drink this month. 89% interest. You get the cocaine for free. Inflation to me as a concept only makes sense if it can be applied generally. But I would say application of rules of economics generally don't really work in crooked systems. In crooked systems, there's always hidden rules. It's not a fair game. There's always another side to the board. And since you don't get to see the magnets on the other side of the board, you don't know what the fuck's going on every time you roll the fucking dice. You don't really. You can make guesses. 
You can call yourself, well, I just like the chart. I just do charting, Dan. Well, what you're charting, what you're charting is a cash flow model of a system of organized crime. When you chart things out so that 80-some percent of the time, every afternoon, certain stocks always go up, that's probably not nature. It, it probably isn't. It's not, it's not like someone saying, well, oh, that's just like mistaking a pulsar for an intelligent signal. No, no, no. You're just trying to fuzzy things up with a lot of douchebag bullshit. No, it's not like mistaking pulsars for intelligent life, buddy. After the flash crash, if you could not detect the signal, if you could not figure out they would pump things until they couldn't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not saying they don't you know, release the steam once in a while. You don't get the machine to run all the way down the road if you don't do that. But there was always a notion they were going to run it until the engine exploded. The interest rate story is a simple story. And if you understand that story, especially as a contrast to historical insurance theory, if you understand historical insurance theory, that it is based upon the idea that money will always have some value over time and that interest rates will never be zero. That's how insurance companies existed for hundreds of years. That's not been true for a few decades now, at least 20 years. And it probably is just never going to be true again. So in a world where you can guarantee that the, the real value of your work will eventually be zero, how do you do economics? How do you do business? If at some point you're pretty much guaranteed that your entire crooked scheme is just going to vaporize, why would you invest in any capital at all? Why would you build machines for your factory? Why would you add trucks and vehicles to your mining operation? If you're pretty certain that the U.S. dollar, in the very least, the base case is it's about to hyperinflate, that is all the signal you need. But what I'm telling you, and this is what I believe... These motherfuckers will keep the plate spinning into just a, until just about the last minute. That's why conversations about stagflation and hyperinflation seem absurd to me. I have no doubt if they intended to play things out that, that way, that's how they would play out. I just don't think it's going to happen like that. It, it, they're giving every indication based upon the use of military psychological warfare, which is what they've been doing for almost two years at a very aggressive scale, they've given every indication that they're setting fire to the restaurant. Okay? They're already setting fire to it. It doesn't matter how much more money they print. The, the outcome is going to be the same. It won't be five years of hyperinflation or ten years of stagflation. I think you're going to see this entire engine explode in a matter of weeks. And we could, every day, in that fractal chaos theory kind of sense, we could every day now be just one decision away from this happening. But because we're talking about a very complex problem, because we're talking about a terribly engineered neo-Stalinist economic system, it's hard to say what gear you know, breaks, what pipe explodes. It's hard to say what's going to break next. It really is. But something will. It's guaranteed. And I believe they will do everything they can to cover that shit up. 
I think they've been doing a good job of it so far. It's entirely possible that this entire COVID monkey herpes epidemic has been only and mainly about covering up the collapse of the U.S. dollar. That's it. All this crooked nonsense, it isn't about some reset or new world order. It's not about the Illuminati. It's not about any of that. It's entirely possible that it is just a big crooked mess. The crooks know the game is over. They know they've stolen what they can. They, know, they also know that a couple decades of bullshit war on terror has worn down the United States military. There is not the capacity to wage war on American citizens. And if somebody tells me, well, they'll bring in Guatemalans and they'll bring in Hondurans, I'll tell you what, I'll bring in the big bullshit. They're not bringing in any of these people. If these people come to the United States, they're coming desperate and starving. They're not coming red dawn to take over. They're coming because where they're coming from is a worse hellhole. That's reality. You might live in a hellhole. You do. But it is still the best hellhole on planet Death Star. You still live, you got the best real estate on planet Death Star. I guess I'm kind of pissed off because this topic of inflation, it, it implies that there's so much time left that we'll be talking about the inflation. Like in the future, we'll have conversations about this. I think if we're really, really lucky, we will be sitting around fires here in a couple years talking about the recent past, but I don't think we'll be talking about it on, on Facebook or Twitter. Um... But I also don't think most people who would hear this would believe it. And you're not going to believe it. This is why, even though the things they do are incredibly stupid, it, they work. The dumb shit works because a lot of people are just dumb shits. And, and, and they don't have to be. They could do a minimal amount of thinking and break out of that crap, break out of that stupidity. It is not a permanent condition, but it is a condition that feels better. It feels better. It's so bizarre. A crypto person feels better making arguments as to why the electrical grid will never go down. Okay? Some libertarian feels better making arguments about why you should wear your mask even though they don't even ask the question, is it possible this entire COVID thing is bullshit? Okay? People, even in the freedom movement, are doing all kinds of weird negotiations with reality, coming up with all kinds of predictive programming rationalizations. But it could be this simple. There are terribly evil grifter people who take control of societies by lying to them, 
You can only lie for so long. You can only put so many turds under the carpet. And eventually the mountain of turds explodes out. It doesn't even have to be more complicated than that. And you might have the joy of living in a time where we find the turds under the carpet. Mary Boblimtok. It, you know, every Boblimtok morning when you wake to discover, you know, if Santa Fringles came by, the first thing you do is check the carpet for turds. Yes, every morning you wake you wake up during the time of Boblimtok season. You wake up, you know, after Grinkin's Eve. You already went out shopping on Red Thursday. And you see if Santa Fringles, Santa Fringles covered in mold, Santa Fringles carrying a whiskey bottle, carrying a pillowcase filled with doorknobs. Hey, is it Santa Fringles? on our rooftop right now or is it that gang of folks you know it killed that old lady down the street it could be Santa Fringles Yes, if, is that pitter-patter on the roof? Are those Santa Fringles flying bloodthirsty reindeer? Or is it a bunch of cats looking for protein? Wild dogs? Coyotes? You don't know, but it's, it's Bo Blimtok, right? What Paul Krugman would tell you this Thanksgiving or Christmas... If, if, if you think there's inflation, if you think that food is expensive, you can draw a picture of food on a piece of paper. If you think it's going to cost a lot to get that surgery, worry not. You can sell your kid's kidney. Yes, you can. Don't worry about inflation, buddy. Inflation is the gas that will fill up your body so it floats to the surface once it's dumped in the river. Inflation is the expansion of energy when you set the C4 to knock down that critical target that we won't mention because fuckers are listening, right? That's inflation, too. Inflation is the hydrogen you fill into your dirigible, your autonomous dirigible, at 20 miles up. Inflation is the gas that takes your drone aircraft 20 miles above the crap heads, and you've got a whole bunch of rebar 
with their fucking names on it, you'll drop them 20 miles up. That's inflation too, I think. Inflation is the expansion of clots in your bloodstream after your 13th shot. Inflation is the silicone putty that your girlfriend has injected into her boobs so she can go be a hooker, so she can pay for your food. That Krugman says, you don't really need, it's human greed to eat the food. Instead, draw a picture Draw a picture of Thanksgiving dinner on a piece of paper and label it holiday. A holiday for Boblimtok. Yeah, that's my exegesis, excursus. That's my general discussion on inflation. It could be the printing of money. It could be the relative value of a product over time for comparable products within a group of products or individually. There are many ways of looking at it. To an ordinary person, this is what inflation is. This is the misery index. For an ordinary inflation, it is the inability for their income to keep up with their requirements for survival. Does that help things out at all to give you an ordinary human interpretation of inflation? Inflation for a normal person is the following. You make X, but every day the cost of living plus everything you spend stuff on is going up by X plus two times T, probably squared, who knows pretty soon. That's inflation. It is the difference between what you need and what you can get for the work you do. And if you say, well, Dan, why can't we all flip houses? I would say you do not live in some Lewis Carroll reality. You do not live in an upside down world. We can't all work at Home Depot. We can't all flip houses to each other. That's not going to work. Inflation is the pain people feel when they can no longer survive doing the work they do. And there is no reasonable way for them to increase their wages. To me, that's a pretty good fucking definition of at least one thing. The impact of inflation. It may not be the precise definition of the cause, but I can tell you what it feels like. It feels like you're drowning. It feels like you're drowning and you're drowning slowly. In fact, it's probably a lot like waterboarding. That's what inflation is. And that's been going on in this country, the United States, for a long time. And it definitely, definitely accelerated after the gold window was closed by Nixon. In my whole life, you know, 52 years. 
my all my 52 years, it has only gotten worse and worse and worse. That pain people feel just trying to get by. And there's always a new gimmick, and there's always a cheaper food, and there's always some type of cancer crap they'll tell you to shove down your throat. They'll always tell you there's some sort of speed you can get at the Chevron, and so you can work another three or four hours so you get stroked out 10 or 20 years earlier. What I can tell you is inflation is the fact that you run on that treadmill faster and faster and faster, and you will never keep up. And the people doing this to you, they don't work for that money. This is what's important. The only effort they put into life is confusing you. Their, their, their main job is to confuse you about how they are ripping you off. That is their number one job in life. That is how they make money. Creating a system of mirrors and confusion so you don't realize that you are simply being burnt out and they don't care. They don't give a fuck. They will throw you away. You are garbage to them. You do not live in a free society. You live in a Potemkin village. That's inflation too. Anywho, next topic, because it is Boblimtox season. I got a question for all my brothers and sisters out there. What are you doing? What are you doing? I've got a question for all my friends out there. What are you doing for Grinkin's Eve and new Boblimtok? Now that we are all in the Boblimtok season and we're thinking about the Boblimtok to come, and we're all planning for Grinkin time and Grinkin's Eve, we're all going to go shopping on Red Thursday. What do you intend to do for Grinkin's Eve and this year? What are you going to do that last night? That, na that last night, that last night you can buy beer, buy beer at the Chevron. What are you going to do? What are you doing for Grinkin's Eve? What are you going to do? That last night you can still vape weed from your volcano. It keeps you from thinking too many crazy, crazy thoughts. What are you going to do for Grinkin's Eve is what I'm saying. What are you going to do? That last night before dark and swarthy beasts of the nowhere gods start hunting street protein... And you might be on the menu soon. What are you going to do for Grinkin's Eve? In the time of Boblim Talk. When the bulldozer wolves and the sky snakes come looking for your cocaine and your hookers. What are you going to do for Grinkin's Eve? Will you toss a hand grenade at their face? 
Will you act as old master blade of some Japanese proto-mythology from the first era of anime and manga? What the fuck are you going to do for Green Conceive? Are you going to pull out a gun when St. Fringus comes at you with bloodshot eyes and blades and needles sticking out of his arms? What are you going to do on Grinkin's Eve? During that fantastic holiday season of Bo Blimpdock, can you feel the waste energy of a crooked civilization slowly cooking off as the flames touch your own nads? What are you going to do? You're going to sing Bo Blimptop carols? Oh, here's one for you. Dead cats burning. Dead cats burning. Dead cats burning. Young hearts yearning. It's Bo Blimptic time. Cold night sweats. Hedge your bets. It's nice to be in a cave with your Bo Blimptop hooker. Grab some diesel. Grab some broken glass. Time for feeling good. In your crooked ass, it's nice to be in a cave with you and me and our slave. And it trails off from here because this is a Bo Blimtock Carol on the run. You got all your Bo Blimtock Carols memorized so you can go around town with your wooden baseball bat wrapped in chainsaw chain blade. None of that wussy Negan freaking barbed wire for you. Wrap your bat in chainsaw chain blade. Every whack will gash and carve. What are you doing for Grinkin's Eve? You making out a list? <laughs> A lot of people, according to Grinkin tradition, make out a list on Grinkin's Eve. They make out a list of people you know, people you know, but you might not miss. They make out a list. They make out a list. Making out a list on Grinkin's Eve. Are you making out a list on Grinkin's Eve? Are you going to check that list twice? How many names? Are they going to be realistic? I saw a news story about how Bill Gates said we should war game germ warfare terrorism. I saw a news story of how Bill Gates said they should have germ games for bioterrorists. 
And I thought, you know, if I was playing the germ game, I've already figured it out. You get to the final boss, his name is Bill Gates, and you you blow that motherfucker's brains out. Of course, this is a germ game. This is hypothetical, right? You know? But Bill Gates says we need to learn to get back at those bioterrorists, and I can't think of a bigger piece of shit bioterrorist poisoner than Bill Gates. Lots of Africans and Indian people would fucking agree. So if you want to win the germ game when you're wargaming germs this Boblimpic time, if you're going to buy that germ game on the board and you want to win, and you don't have the secret give me around the board twice card, you don't get no freebies, here's the secret solution to the germ warfare bioterrorism game. The final boss is Bill Gates. Take him out. And if, you th if you're saying to yourself, well, Dan... I'm a security guard, and I make 150k a year. Dan, I'm a private nurse. I make 90k a year. Dan, I'm the dude that cleans up his turds when he's done raping, yeah, raping French bulldogs. Um, okay, you might have all those jobs, and that money might last a while. But if you have a list and you are within, I don't know, that 20-foot stabbing distance of being able to take a pencil or a knife and shove it into that guy's throat, that's how you win that game. The bioterrorism, make-believe germ warfare game. You just figured it out. The other way to win is not to play. Because so far from what I can see, it's mostly bullshit. It's mostly fear-mongering. On the part of pieces of shit like Bill Gates. So pick pick your angle, pick your poison. But one thing everybody does on Grinkens Eve, we make out a list, a list of people, if they were drowning, would you toss them a rock? We make out a list of pieces of shit. They could be demons. That's your ethical exit strategy, vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, your Christianity. Some of these people look like demons to me. Of course, I'm not saying you should harm Bill Gates. He seems like a nice, nice man, right? But we make out lists on Grinkens Eve. They're not, they're not nice lists. They're not lists of people we're going to say hello. Maybe they're just lists of people where if they need help because they were so disgustingly wretched when they had every opportunity, maybe they are lists of people we just say no to. And if you're a Christian, I suggest you read the whole Bible and the whole New Testament. Jesus covers this question a lot. There are consequences, okay? Demons don't get to be, you know, demons and Christians. So there are people that allow demons into their lives. And the question is, do you feed them? Do you feed the people that fed on other people? Do you feed the vampires? I don't think you do. 
I think these are the people that decided to take a, a pipe bomb to what was left of the few decent things about human civilization. These are the people that played the hokey pokey and Simon says to the point of destroying their neighborhoods and their families and their friendships. These are the cowardly scumbag motherfuckers who decided that taking a poop on humanity was the best thing you can do. Do you feed these fuckers or do you let them starve? That's a Grinkin' time question, really. You see, I don't think you have to do a fucking thing. I don't think you have to harm anybody. I don't think you have to make out a fucking list. It doesn't matter that Bill Gates is a giant piece of shit. His consequences are coming for him. That's reality. Reality is, they're piling all this fear on you. They're piling all this disarray on you because they are afraid of you. If you had one moment where you realized how staggeringly afraid of you they are, you might walk out of your house, no longer wear that mask. You might invite 50 friends to go to the grocery store and not wear the mask. You might say to your employer, fuck you about the vaccination. I will get another job. I'll start my own company, fuck you. The only thing that's required at this point is not a, a list you make out on Grinkin's Eve, even though it does feel good though, doesn't it? No, the only thing that's required of you at this point, no matter who you are, to include the people that guard that piece of shit, Bill Gates, quit your fucking job. Let people like Bill Gates descend from their altitude down to the ground state of ordinary people who have to live in this crooked situation. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do a goddamn thing except for stop looking out for these pieces of shit. And is it going to hurt a little? It's going to hurt maybe a lot. Welcome to the party. People have killed themselves because of these wretched lies. People have let their lives get destroyed because of these wretched lies. Welcome to the party. Welcome to every small business that got vaporized in 2020. If your final answer is it's too painful, you don't get to avoid it. You're either going to show up early and take your knocks and take your hits and figure out a way to survive, or you're going to show up late on the slab. Game over. But you're, we're all going to come to the same party here pretty soon, folks. Including Bill Gates. Including whatever motherfucker tells Bill Gates what to do because I don't even know if he's a real person. He could be a completely fake piece of shit designed to simply enrage people. So I, I don't know. I've never met him personally. I've worked at Microsoft. But I gotta say, that's a wretchedly disgusting place too. So I don't know. It could all just be Hall of Mirrors bullshit, all of it. It really could be. So don't worry about your list. Don't worry about your list. But consider the possibility that, you know, Grinkin' time, you got to make a list, right? It's part of your Grinkin' time obligation. Here's another Grinkin' time Boblintock Carol. It's called We Fell Apart Before We Fell in Love During Grinkin' Time. Ash falling on my balding head. Men brawling for that last fresh dead. You're looking, my sweet demon wife. 
My heart is sharp as a knife, but my fingers are crumbling away. Life is so gay when I'm falling apart. Falling apart. Falling apart after falling for you. That's another Grinkin Time Christmas, no, not Christmas, Bo Blimp Talk song. It'll be great. I fell apart before I fell for you. We're still working on the title. Yeah, I got a little angry there thinking about good old Bill Gates. But, you know, you got to make out your Grinkus list. So I have a link in my notes to an article that was on Zero Hedge. The title is Seattleites are the most anxious people in America, according to government data. I'm not going to read the whole article because it's really just, you know, Zero Hedge talking about um, this particular survey from the U.S. Census Bureau. More than half of Seattle-area adults are frequently on edge. But, I mean, you know, I lived in Seattle in 2020, and every day seemed like a new opportunity for the mayor or some local tyrant in some local job to be a dick. In fact, you could say that Seattle spent most of 2020 just being a dick to each other. And that tends to make people anxious. In fact, it tends to get to the point where people want to kill each other. I, I think this article is kind of a joke, but I thought I would mention it because someone mentioned it to me. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to say there. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Which would worry me as... Which would worry me... Which would worry me more as a parent... My kid in student government or my kid doing crystal meth? Tough call there, Dr. Freckles. Yeah, which would bother you more? If you were a parent, and I know, Dan, this is not a trick question, is it? No, it's actually a really simple fucking question. In 2021 of the of the season of Bo Blimp Talk, if you don't have the fucking brain capacity to think on this, fuck you and wait to die. The great thing about not going on shortwave any longer is I don't have to pretend that I don't want to or I'm not going to use the F-bomb. Fuck you. If you took the vaccine and you wore a mask, you were saying fuck you to your neighbors every fucking day. So fuck you. Okay. Now think on this though. You're a parent and your kid says, Mom, I'm running for student body president. And I can tell you straight up, I did that once. And I won. I, I think that's a good example of winning for losing. You tell your mom, your dad, your pops, your parents, you say... Mom and mom, dad and dad, dad and mom, mom and dad. You tell whatever combo plate of bullshit you think you have as parents. You say, I'm going to run for student government. And then imagine that very same day you say, instead of I'm going to run for student government, you say, I'm using crystal meth and I like it. Which do you think your parents would respond to more positively? Most of the people in anxious Seattle, holy fuck, 99.99% 99 
of all the fuckers in Seattle, if their kids said, I'm running to be ASB president versus I'm using the crystal meth and I'm loving it, they'd say, holy fuck, keep running for president. That's so fucking awesome. Again, I'm not giving you a third option. I'm not playing that fucking game. You can do whatever bullshit in your head you want to, but the reality is, if your kid was using crystal meth, that would totally disturb you. You'd have problems with it, probably. If your kid said, I'm running for student body president, most of you Seattleite anxious motherfuckers would be over-fucking-joyed. And what I'm going to tell you is that Dr. Freckles is right. It's not that doing crystal meth is good, but if, you know, if you had to have a worse problem, your kids in student government or your kids doing crystal meth, I think you're going to have an easier time breaking them from the crystal meth. Far easier. With all the parents doing hokey pokey, Simon says bullshit, you know, in the summer of 2020, on some relatively hot fucking days, I saw parents with their kids out in the sunshine with, you know, one or two masks on. You know, if you want to suffocate your fucking kids, fine. But don't tell me you're a good judge of what's fucking healthy. You're not. You're not. And your kids are looking at you and saying, listen, this motherfucking parent thought I should suffocate last summer, and I got a friend at school who's, you know, handing out their Ritalin. Ignore crystal meth for a moment. It might just be the legal crystal meth that your friends are taking for ADHD and they're handing it out prior to the SATs. Why wouldn't you do it? Your parents wore two masks. Your parents took, they're still taking every month maybe, every year maybe, a booster shot for something that doesn't fucking exist. Your parents don't have the courage to investigate grandma's death. In reality, the hospital probably killed them. No. It's far easier to not research hospital-acquired infection. It's far easier to believe the monkey herpes bullshit. If your kid came to you and said, I'm on crystal meth, or your kid came to you and said, I'm running for student body president, I'm I'm certain, I'm totally certain that most Seattle motherfuckers would be dead-ass happy about the little comrade running to be a commissar, But, you know, oh my God, the crystal meth. What I'm telling you is Dr. Freckles is right. Equally bad. You might even make an argument that the the crystal meth situation is not quite as bad. Yeah. Anxious Seattle. It is Bo Blim... Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Another quote from Dr. Freckles. It is Bo Blimtock. You can be a monster or a man. You can't be both. What does that mean? Oh my God. (laughs) What does that mean? You can be a monster or a man. You can't be both. Well, that's a little bit of an oversimplification. But here's what I think Dr. Freckles is trying to say. Most of the people you know, especially if you live in Seattle, have gotten used to a world where they don't do things really. They they get told to do things. They get told to go to work. They get told to do this, told to do that. They even buy technology to tell them to do things now. And believe me, that's no accident. But what happens when all these people that haven't really had to use any ethical reasoning to speak of, where everything is majority rules or some type of might-makes-right silly argument, which means they all have the ethical maturity of maybe an eight-year-old, 
What do you do when all these eight-year-olds don't have any food? Okay, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think all of these ethically deformed, ethically immature, completely robotic, you know, meat sacks no longer have any sense that there are cops? Because remember, the only reason why these fuckers do anything right, according to their own wretched sideways reasoning, is out of fear. Fear of the police. What happens when there are no more cops? What do you think they're going to do? A lot of these people will go to their own ground state, and that's going to be a monster. I'm sorry. You want me to tell you I think most of these people in the cities are going to be decent and look out for each other? That's bullshit. Okay? Maybe the first couple of days. Maybe the first week. I think within a month you'll find out the truth, but probably within a week. When it becomes clear that mommy and daddy government's not going to be there to help them, you will find out exactly how ethically mature your neighbors are. But my question to all of you out there who maybe have a sense of right and wrong separate from the threat of force, okay? Which means, you know, anarchists, some libertarians. For those of you out there who know how to make a decision without being threatened with a gun, which do you think you, what do you see yourself as? I don't think there's necessarily a bad answer here. I mean, I think there is, but don't worry about it. What do you see yourself as? Do you see, your, see yourself as a monster? As some barbarian running through the wilderness looking for some victim? Looking to steal somebody's stuff? Looking to grab their water? I think, I don't even think that's remotely the case. I think for a lot of anarchists, voluntarists, agorists, the questions they're asking now, the thoughts they have now is, how can we solve problems? How can we work with each other voluntarily without threatening each other? How can we get the lights back on? How can we communicate with a nearby town? How can we trade potatoes for, I don't know, beer? I'll trade everything for beer. The point is, I think people who don't see ethical decision-making in terms of force, they've already figured it out. You know, I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be a human being. I'm going to be a person. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. I don't give a fuck if the government's there or not. I'm going to do the right thing. And for people like that, the right thing is being respectful. The right thing is trading without violence, without coercion. The right thing is to be free and to have no slaves. That's what, that's what the right thing looks like. A lot of people heading into Grinken time. A lot of people in the age of Boblimtok are going to be monsters. They don't even know they're going to be monsters yet because they can't see their monster self. They can't see their shadow. But, but soon, they will meet their shadow in the darkness. Soon, a lot of these people, especially law enforcement, especially a lot of these crooked cops, they're simply going to put up, take off one hat and put on another. In fact, they, it won't even really be a switch for them. They'll simply be coming, they'll simply be, um, they'll simply really just be a regular thug versus a taxpayer, a taxpayer funded thug. A lot of people are simply going to be monsters. My question and the thing I ask myself is how many people will choose to be men? And I don't mean this in any fucking gender sense. I mean this in how many people will choose to be intelligent and responsible. How many people will choose to communicate. How many people will choose peace. And how many will choose force. If, you know, 
I don't know what the percentages are going to be, but I'm kind of thinking there's going to be a fair percentage of people that choose to take on the role of monster. And why do I say this? Because so many already have. So many are just monsters ready to bust out of their monster packaging. They're just there. They're almost there. They're so close. They're sharpening their teeth. And so it's a good question. Here's the last quote from Dr. Freckles. For all you monsters out there. Don't treat nature, don't treat nature like an old hooker. You intend to fuck to death. That's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Don't treat nature like an old hooker you intend to fuck to death. You know, I have weird conversations with libertarians sometimes and I can tell they're libertarians because eventually they do get to a gun where they say, well, you'll just have to do it the way we vote and here's a gun pointed at your head. That's why libertarians eventually end up sucking because ultimately they do an appeal to authority argument and it ends up looking gross. But I run into anarchists and agorists, quote unquote, and crypto anarchists, whatever the fuck that means. Sounds like calling yourself a drill anarchist or a hammer anarchist or I drive a car anarchist. Sounds idiotic. But I run into these folks on social media and they'll just say things like, I don't give a fuck about nature and I don't care about this or that. And that's all fine and good. The reason why I want to live in a free world is because I really do want the motherfuckers that drop poison into the local river to die. I don't want them to have a lawyer. I don't want an EPA super fund. I don't want us to spend any time on that. This is what this is how it would work. You go up to the motherfucker and you say, stop. And if the motherfucker says, well, what do you mean stop? I said, if you don't stop poisoning the river, you know, you're, there are going to be consequences. That's always going to be step one. And for a lot of folks, even crooked folks, just confronting them about doing something wretched like poisoning the river that people drink out of, that's enough. Step two is it. None of this EPA Superfund bullshit, none of this handing out pamphlets to Laotians saying, listen, don't eat the crab. That's how we're solving the fucking problem. No. You poison the water that the children drink from, you should have consequences not involving a lawyer. And if you want to call that mob rule, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, that's what you have right now. Okay? What I am proposing is people, people look at their world in a rational way. Okay? We share the air. If you live next door to me and pollute the air with a poison that kills me or my dog... Well, if it kills me, you're safe. Let's say you just kill my dog. Well, I'm not going to kill your dog. I'm going to keep your dog. <sighs> I might leave you for the cat. I'm not going to call a lawyer. I'm not going to call the cops. All of that is bullshit. It never worked. It never will. It served to protect the people that were poisoning the seas. This is what a lot of libertarians and anarchists and environmentalists don't fucking get. 
The government is protecting the people that are poisoning you to death. Okay, I'll repeat that. The government, the lawyers, the laws, that whole thing is protecting the poisoners from consequences. You take that away and the consequences fill in the space. Dr. Freckles is right. I, you know, you can get all Ayn Rand in my face if you want to. If you treat nature like an old hooker you intend to fuck to death, I guarantee you in the end nature will fuck you. And it won't require Greta Thunberg or Al Gore. They are jokes. It'll be the simple consequences of things like cancer or not having any drinkable water or just no food. But do what you want, man. I mean, here's the thing I will say. If you want to act like there are no consequences, you can go ahead and do that. But don't expect anybody to pick you up. Don't expect anybody to heal you, to sew up your wounds, okay? Lick your own fucking wounds in your consequence-free world. That world's over. That world probably never really existed, but you lived in the grifter section of the Death Star. And in the grifter section, the con artist section, the liar section, people are cocooned in fantasies and grifts and thievery scams and taxation. And they're given handouts and monies so they can buy their Blumbo Cube and their Brombic Pizza. Don't ask about the sawdust. Don't ask about the sawdust. Don't ask about the sawdust and the bread. Don't ask about the lead. Don't ask about the mercury. Just shut up and eat your cube. These quotes are connected. You know, the crystal meth, the student government. Are you a monster or a man? Or do you treat nature like a hooker you intend to murder? A lot of people treat nature like a hooker that they intend one day to kill, which is stupid because they don't understand that they are the fucking hooker and that nature, the universe, and may I say God puts up with this bullshit as long as it wants to and no further. And this isn't Eden. You know, maybe you could go around eating shitting on everything and there was a special animal that ate all your shit. But this is not Eden. When you shit on the land, the shit stays there until it goes away. When you die, your body turns to dust. This is not Eden. If you dig a hole in the ground, there might be water. There might not. It's not Eden. If you expect to pump oil out of the earth forever and ever and ever as if it's a free lunch. Hey, you know what I'm going to say to you? Not Eden. If you want to do the Norman Borlock thing and pump poisons into the topsoil and destroy the groundwater so people can have sugar, basically food that has almost no nutritional value, you can only do that so long it's not Eden, you fuck. not Eden. This is not Eden. Whatever the fuck place you think you are, even if you think this is a simulation, it's not Eden.
Bill Gates doesn't need to be taken out. Reality will do that soon enough. And the best thing you can do as a human being at this point, the best thing we can all do is reject the system. That's where we're at. We're not at voting stage. That, that's a solution for years ago. We're not at protest stage. That is not tactically or strategically smart. We are at disengage, be stealthy, you know, be you know, wise about how you behave, but separate yourself. Okay? Do not touch the unclean thing. And that means every angle. That means every dollar. We're almost there. I still use dollars in my account, so I'm not there yet. But when we finally get to the point where we're getting everything we need without using that toilet paper, we'll be there. I'm of the opinion that they're going to pull the plug long before that happens. But if you want to know if there's something you can do, you can ignore it. You can choose not to touch it. If they try to force a vaccine on you, you can say, fuck you. If it means you lose your job, guess what? You needed to do that. Or you need to accept being an immoral piece of shit and give in to that. Don't tell me about gurus and self-help routines. Don't tell me about keto or lower carb bullshit. You can be in the system at this point or you can figure out a way out of it, pretty much. Or you can be like me, a lot of people like us, just trying to walk the fucking line. There are a few options, but there aren't that many. I don't think we have the option of just rolling along. It'd be nice if we did, I guess, maybe, but we don't. You know, you have the choice of participating, and I'm telling you, you're participating in something that's doomed to fail. And what's worse is that a lot of people will remember that. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So this whole thing, when it ends, it's going to split families and friendships and communities. It's going to split them in half and... 20 parts, it's going to blow our society asunder because we have all bought into so many fucking lies. I mean, not all of us, but too many, right? Yep, but you, if you're, if you're going to fuck nature to death, you feel free. I think nature is going to fuck you to death. I think that's way more likely. You think you're fucking nature until you get the cancer. And, and then you start fucking losing. my game today. A little bit too angry. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I wasn't sure I was going to podcast because I was so angry. And maybe some of you enjoy it. And maybe I guess I might enjoy it too. Why else would I be doing it unless I'm crazy? I'm angry and crazy. But I think we should stop pretending. You know, if you're pretending that if you obey a bit longer, it's going to be okay. Try not to do that. 
okay? If you need to go to your job and play the hokey pokey, fine. But at least at some point, you need to understand that's what you're doing. And if you want to increase your odds of survival, there are things you can do. If you don't give a fuck, that's okay too. It's your fucking life. It really is. The main issue that motherfuckers like me have with the rest of you is you can't keep out of our fucking business. You want to follow some germaphobe cult? You want to go down the death line because you're being herded like a bunch of fucking buffalo towards a cliff? It's your fucking choice to go crazy. If you want to harm yourself, I don't think you should harm your kids, but I can tell you this much. You don't have a lot, you don't have a right to take your fucking crazy and foist it on other people. You don't have a right to take your madness and have other people live in that world. Believe me, you don't have to listen to this podcast. You can turn this fucker off. And as far as social media and the internet goes, they do a good enough, good enough job for you as far as censorship goes. So you don't need to really do much. But most of you motherfuckers, you want to force your vaccine mandates and your mass mandates and every other idiotic thing you can imagine on your neighbor, and that is what makes you an asshole. I mean, I don't know. I think you're enough of an asshole if you walk around with a mask on. For all sorts of reasons, you're a dumb fuck asshole. But you're a gigantic fucking asshole if you think everybody should be that fucking stupid. So fuck off. I mean, in some ways, you're really just asking for it. We're very, very close to Boblim Talk. We are so close to Grinkin time. If you think most of your friends in the city are going to choose to be men and women and human beings instead of monsters, you're a fucking fool. These are the fuckers that want to sell their garage with a broken foundation for a million bucks, but they don't understand why they're homeless people. They will eat you alive. But if that's what you want, if you want to spend your last days and weeks in huddling fear, being chased by the monsters of your regret, that's your fucking right. Just don't force that on other people is kind of the fucking point. You keep your crazy to yourself. Have a great rest of your Sunday.